and welcome to Doing Disasters Differently, the podcast with Renee Hanvin, which is all about inspiring you to start thinking and doing disasters a little bit differently too. In this episode, I'm talking with Amanda Leck, the Executive Director of the Australian Institute for Disaster Resilience, and we're talking about the future of disaster resilience in Australia. So a little bit about Amanda. Amanda's the Executive Director at ADA, where she leads a program of work on behalf of the Commonwealth Government. While formally funded via the Department of Home Affairs and Emergency Management Australia, from the 1st of July 2021, ADA transitioned under the new National Recovery and Resilience Agency. Amanda is a community development and engagement professional with a proven ability to provide leadership and strategic direction in the planning, implementation and delivery of programs in a very complex environment. She's 30 years of experience in the emergency management and community sectors, working with CFA Victoria, local government and AFAC, the National Fire and Emergency Services Council, or prior to her appointment leading ADA. Amanda has significant experience in establishing partnerships with all levels of government and the business sectors and has demonstrated leadership and management experience. Her skills include communications and stakeholder engagement. Now, I always like to start with where we met. So I first met Amanda a few years back when I began my conversations with the Australian Institute for Disaster Resilience, given it's the national body to drive resilience in Australia. And we all know how passionate I am about that. We've crossed paths many times. I presented back in, I think, 2017, and also when I was on the committee for the 2019 ADA conference. And most recently, when I was part of the working group for the Community Engagement for Disaster Resilience Handbook, led by the amazing Margaret Morton. Amanda and I have a deep passion for resilience, and it's really great to have a peer in the sector that appreciates the role and the contribution the private sector and all businesses can make. Amanda, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Renee. Now, let's start. Can you share for others, not from the sector, what is the Australian Institute for Disaster Resilience, or also known as ADA? The Australian Institute for Disaster Resilience was established in 2015 by its partners, AFAC, the National Fire Council, the Australian Red Cross, and the Bushfire Natural Hazards Positive Research Centre. Uh, It's fully funded by the uh, Commonwealth Government through the Department of Home Affairs, Emergency Management Australia, And its overarching mission is to support a disaster-resilient Australia. So I mentioned in the introduction the ADA Handbook Collection, which I often refer to as references because I think it's got such great information and knowledge, and I'm going to put links on the website. So what are the benefits of these handbooks? And in particular, what value does the most recent handbook, being the Community Engagement for Disaster Resilience, although also there's an emergency planning one that's just come out as well, what value do they offer? I think that the handbooks are a really integral part of the ADA program. So effectively, the handbooks curate knowledge on a particular topic area, be it land use planning, community engagement, community recovery. And they are really the only nationally agreed uh, source of knowledge on these important topics. Uh, We bring together a whole range of people representing a whole range of sectors and organisations across Australia to collaborate and to work together to develop the content for these handbooks. So the handbook work groups are developed nationally agreed principles of disaster resilience related to the given topic area. 
uh, we find that it's the process of working collaboratively that these handbooks, if you like, become a co-produced resource that then the members of that work group feel can be adopted and embedded into their own practice across the country, whether they work for local government, whether they work for health, whether they work for fire and emergency services agencies or state government organisations. It means that everyone has a, a consistent national view of what it is that we're trying to achieve. And Amanda, that's so important. I mean, we often talk, and you and I have a, a multi-stakeholder and a stakeholder um, background. There are so many different stakeholders in disasters and in all stages of the disaster life cycle. And what I have found really valuable from the working groups and the events that I've been part of um, relating to ADA is that it is a collaborative approach. So it really is asking multiple people to come and bring their views and their experience and contribute to something that's going to be a great outcome and to benefit all. That's absolutely correct. It is the process that we go through uh, that actually is, I think, the utility of the whole thing, that so many people from so many different sectors, be they from academia, where they've conducted the research that gets utilised through these handbooks, or whether they be uh, practitioners in local government or in emergency services agencies, they all contribute to the development and what that means is that we end up with the very best thinking on these particular uh, topic areas. So the most recently completed handbook is that of Community Engagement for Disaster Resilience, where some of the leading thinkers from across Australia have collaborated together with the researchers to produce what I believe is an exemplar handbook on how to engage with communities across, as you say, that life cycle of uh, disasters, both uh, in the preparation phase for the during and of course in that recovery phase afterwards where community engagement is such an important component of what we do. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, community engagement is the epicentre of resilience in so many ways. And I have to say, I, I, I very often use the ADA website, not only for the handbooks, but also for the definitions, for, uh, I guess, a, um, a, a list of previous disasters. Like, there really is a wealth of information there. And I recommend, again, anyone listening who's wanting to understand a bit more about the disaster and disaster resilience space um, in Australia, ADA is a really, really great um, toolkit to refer to? So the disaster mapper itself is our uh, most highly sought after asset on the Knowledge Hub and as you say it gives information on our past disasters going back I believe more than 100 years so it gives them you know key, key data and statistics and points you to other resources so it is a very uh, well uh, utilised part of the Knowledge Hub. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a great tool. I've been using it for many, many years. Now, last year, so in 2019, I think it was, ADA hosted national forums on understanding disaster risk. So I'm going to move slightly from risk to resilience, although we know it's kind of interconnected. So what were the key learnings from these forums? I'll go back to what we were trying to achieve with the forums, if I, if I might, Renee, just briefly. So we were trying to raise awareness with our partner, Emergency Management Australia, on the development of the new disaster risk reduction framework and the strategic guidance materials to support its implementation. Uh, those two uh, pieces of work had just recently been uh, released by the Resilience Task Force, uh, which uh, Mark Crossweller led. And then ADA, uh, of course, houses all those uh, documents on our knowledge hub. And so 
the first thing we were trying to do was to raise awareness of how uh, they could be applied within different contexts by the you know audience of people who who came to participate in those workshops. So we had um, a myriad of sectors represented at those workshops from uh, the business community, from the education sector, from local government, from not-for-profits and so on. So it was important that they both understood this new policy direction, but that they also could understand how uh, these tools could be applied within their context. Now, in terms of um, how we felt that it went, we very much felt that there was strong progress uh, in terms of the way that people thought about climate and disaster risk and how the forums uh, influenced people's thinking in that area. And it also provided participants with a greater understanding of the role that they could play in proactively reducing climate and disaster risk within their own context. So it's very important when you're working at a national level, as Ada does, that people are able to apply those concepts and those thinkings at the local level, because as we know, resilience occurs at place. So be that at a local neighbourhood or community or local government area, you've got to be able to apply that thinking to your work and how you can integrate that into your own, own work. So um, we found that uh, the uh, attendees had a lot of uh, very useful things to say after the forum, but you know, really starting to understand and unpack this issue around vulnerability and you know what makes us vulnerable and in what context. So, what makes you vulnerable in times of plenty may um, um, may be a problem for you during a disaster. Uh, so, things like um, uh, whether or not you have an adequate power supply, whether or not you have access to telecommunications all of those things and the systemic nature of disaster risk and how those things come together um, and interrelate to each other during disasters was also something that you know we really unpacked during those forums. And I think people got a lot of important sort of uh, opportunities to think about those things and the impact of those things uh, on them and, and the work that they do. Yeah, I thought it was a really robust conversation, actually, and it was it was a great collective uh, collective of presenters and the information that was shared, and then it really was presented in a way to enable those in the audience to think about like what does that mean for you and what change are you going to drive, and what I'm really excited about as to where we're at now, and obviously 2020 has you know shown us that we need to be more considerate of our risks and the and you know the vulnerabilities are real, um, is that now we can start activating on those learnings and, and, you know, get people moving from the let's think about it and let's actually do something about it. But what's the role of ADA in disaster risk reduction and how is risk linked to resilience? Oh, just a few big questions there for me, <laughs> Renee. So, look, I think that ADA's role, I think ADA uh, serves a unique position, if you like, as a catalyst for change within this broader risk reduction and resilience uh, landscape. We have been established by uh, and funded through the Commonwealth Government. So it gives us, uh, if you like, an authority within this space to, to act and to be able to uh, share uh, our knowledge and our, our learning uh, with a whole broad range of sectors that we work with. But more specifically, I think how AIDA works or how we seek to influence is through four key strategies. The first is that we actively support, grow and sustain a range of networks across sectors and jurisdictions. So whether they be networks for 
disaster resilience education in schools or perhaps um, disaster resilience practitioners working across state and local government uh, and emergency services agencies and uh, the education sector or whether they be communities of practice or those working in uh, jurisdictional emergency management aims sustains and grows these networks of people so that they can come together and they can collaborate. Then the other, uh, another strategy that we have is we try to enable those with a role in disaster risk reduction to come together to learn and develop and innovate together. So we do that through the delivery of a range of professional development event opportunities. And some of those are delivered uh, uh, nationally, uh, such as the work we're doing with the Bureau of Meteorology at the moment on uh, Meteorology for Disaster Managers Masterclasses, which we are holding online at the moment. And those masterclasses have been so popular that they sell out within an hour of us uh, putting another one up on our, our website. So that's an opportunity for people to learn about how uh, weather systems impact and, and create the conditions for future disasters. And so they've been a very popular offering uh, for people to learn and develop and grow together. Uh, we run other programs on uh, decision-making under crisis, working as part of an effective team. In fact, we run a whole, a whole range of those sorts of professional development opportunities. We're also working with the Social Recovery Reference Group on a community of practice for recovery practitioners. So that those uh, people now working in the field with recovering communities can come together and learn and share their practice and be more innovative uh, through that uh, learning from each other. Another important strategy that ADA uh, has is to collect, develop, curate and share knowledge uh, around good practice for disaster risk reduction. And we do that through the ADA Knowledge Hub and also through uh, products that we put out, such as the uh, handbook collection you spoke about earlier and the Australian uh, Journal of Emergency Management. And I think finally, ADA provides that central national focus for thought leadership on disaster risk reduction. We are very well connected. Uh, we're a networking organisation and we are very well connected across a whole range of uh, sectors and working with a number of stakeholders, including uh, yourselves, Renee, with corporate to community. So we find that because we're able to work so broadly across a whole range of areas, we connect people to each other, uh, those that are working on similar projects or outcomes, and through working collaboratively, we find we um, get better outcomes. And of course, all of that is underpinned by a very outward-focused stakeholder engagement program, which we see as foundational to the work of ADA. It's interesting to reflect, actually, and I quite, I like, I've really enjoyed actually listening to you say that because I've connected with and I guess I engage with um, on an individual less um, on an individual level or even just you know through the website and that with Ada all the time but to actually sit back and listen to the strategic approach and priorities like it's it's such a it's such a necessary part of so much of what happens in Australia and I think what's what's great about it too is that it's built on knowledge but it's built on connections and building connections through knowledge as well which is so fundamental it's a real I guess um it's the epicenter of what Australia needs to build that risk understanding and resilience and again I've obviously um you know from the conferences you have and the information books etc I think it's a great um epicenter in Australia to have um your organization as is kind of the hub of all things resilience 
Now, talking, talking about stakeholders and connecting, and Amanda, we have lots of great conversations because you know my passion relating to the private sector. So can I ask you, what role do you see the private sector playing in activating a culture of risk understanding and resilience? I think the private sector are critical to uh, disaster risk reduction in Australia. And the reason that they are, and this goes across small, medium enterprises all the way to the top end of town, you know, the big corporates, business uh, are their employers, so they employ uh, uh, people who um, obviously uh, make up communities. So by having a culture within their organisation or their entity of resilience and disaster risk reduction, it means that those people that work for, for and with them will also take that culture and that thinking back into their own homes and their own communities. So I think that's very important. I think businesses can also uh, help to set and lead around uh, having good uh, plans in place, be they uh, good understanding of risk as it relates to uh, climate change and the impacts of climate change going forward and the way that that business needs to consider those risks into how it sustains itself. Uh, should there be a disaster that is, if you like, a business interruption? And so uh, I think there's a lot of work that business can do to contribute to this uh, broad culture, as you say, of supporting a disaster resilient Australia. And certainly uh, when we spoke to and interviewed people for the Understanding Disaster Risk Forums from some small businesses, it had not really been top of their mind until you know they were faced with that disaster, be it a you know massive hailstorm or a bushfire that really significantly impacted their business. And most of those people reflected that if they had known now, you know, what if they'd known then what they know now, they would have made different decisions around some of their business planning in order to factor in uh, the uh, potential uh, event of a disaster on their business. And so I think, Renee, what you're trying to do, which is, you know, very um, admirable, my aid is so happy to work with corporate to community, is to not only assist businesses who are recovering from a disaster, but you're trying to be proactive into getting all businesses to consider whether uh, they have appropriate plans and systems in place and whether they harness the knowledge of their workforce to be able to cope with future disasters and to put those plans in place before they even occur. Yeah, thanks, Amanda. It is. I feel like we're a, a perfect extension of kind of what um, you're doing at ADA, obviously focusing on the business sector, because we often say that in many ways, businesses are communities. If we don't have thriving and resilient businesses, then our communities can't thrive. And the best thing a business can do for its community, for its community, as well as for obviously its owners and shareholders is to keep trading. So as much as we can put some new focus into preparing businesses as to what they can do, how they can adapt, how they can prepare and plan to be able to keep trading for their employees and for their customers and for the wider community, it has to be, uh, you know, a best practice and a win-win kind of all around. So can I ask, what's the future then, or what's the focus for Ada in the future in terms of your strategic priorities in the next, say, 12 months? So in the next 12 months, uh, we've really focused on uh, those four strategic areas I spoke about uh, earlier. Obviously, Ada has a, has a program of work uh, going forward, which we deliver on each year. But I think that um, Ada just uh, entered into a new contract with the Commonwealth and it is an outcomes focused contract. So we've just put together a theory of change to understand 
aid of contribution for supporting a disaster resilient Australia. And this goes, I suppose, uh, to your, your previous question, uh, which was how does disaster risk reduction contribute to disaster resilience? And they are uh, intrinsically linked. We can't have a more resilient Australia unless we set out now to reduce the risks that we face, not only now, but into the future. So our real focus area uh, for the next 12 months will be to uh, grow and sustain those networks that we spoke about. Uh, we have more than 600 people involved in the Disaster Resilience Education Network. So we certainly see that this Disaster Resilience Network will, will grow. And obviously we want to continue to support the community of practice for recovery workers. We see that as very critical at this time as communities right throughout, you know, New South Wales, South Australia and Victoria uh, move further into their recovery journey. Um, we have a program of uh, professional development event opportunities uh, underway. Ada reframed our whole business when COVID hit. And we moved uh, the delivery of all of our professional development programs uh, to an online environment, including the Australian Disaster Resilience Conference. And we found that not only has that been a successful strategy for us, but it's meant that we can be more inclusive and in fact, more people can join with us in an online setting than we were able to do so in our face-to-face -face activities. So we see that as a critical capability that we built going forward. And finally, I think we want to continue to cement our position as a thought leader on disaster risk reduction and to just continue to work with the range of stakeholders we work with to try to you know, build this disaster uh, resilient Australia. I think we're seeing a real momentum now around this. And I think with the um, what happened with the Black Summer of Fires and then with the COVID uh, pandemic, we see that more and more people understand the need for us to take action, to be more uh, aware of what can occur during a disaster and to be you know, well planned and, and to have plans in place and to understand what you know, people will do to reduce that risk and to be able to continue on with their, their businesses, with their, uh, you know, with their lives effectively in a whole range of ways. So pretty quiet 12 months ahead for you, Amanda, then. Yes, <laughs> business as usual for Ada. And again, so many great things come out of Ada and we're really looking forward to activating a lot in the business space with you as well. Now, my final question is always the same and this can be anything. It doesn't have to be related to specifically what you do or your work. But what would be the two things you'd like to be done differently in the disaster resilience space? That's a hard one. Uh, I think I, I think why it's hard for me is that I am an optimist and I see so much great work uh, already occurring. So in terms of what I would like to see done differently, I think I would like to just see more, more action on disaster risk reduction. So it's not so much about doing it differently, but just encouraging, you know, greater and greater involvement and action on reducing disaster risk, whether that be at the individual level or the household level, the community level, uh, you know, local government, uh, state government. I think, you know, we need to collaborate more to solve these problems. And that's why I'm, I'm pleased that Ada is uh, partnering with corporate to community because I think the business sector is a critical driver of some of this change, but we do see momentum growing. And I think those of us who are champions of these messages 
uh, need to just uh, keep engaging with our stakeholders and encouraging them to take action, whatever that action looks like for them. Uh, we have resources, we can assist people. Uh, so please get in touch if you think that we can assist you. And if we can't assist you, we will probably be able to link you in with someone who can. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's just taking little small steps or steps as big as you can. But I think anyone, you know, there's not any business pretty much or um, individual or community who hasn't been impacted by an element of disasters, particularly in 2020, that, um, you know, there's so much to learn and there's so much that you can do that you don't have to do, you know, the big finale of resilience to change. You can just start with those small steps um, and then progress at your own pace. Amanda, thank you so much. It's been so lovely to chat with you. So in this episode, I've been talking with Amanda Leck and she's the Executive Director of the Australian Institute for Disaster Resilience, also known as ADA. And we've been talking about the future of disaster resilience in Australia. Amanda, thanks again. Thank you, Renee. It's been my pleasure. That's the end of this episode of Doing Disasters Differently, the podcast, which I hope you found to be relevant, informative and inspiring. If you're interested in participating in the conversation or to connect with me personally, please visit corporate2community.com. Until the next episode, stay safe and remember we all have a role to play in thinking differently and doing differently before, during and after disasters.